Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. OBJ to the Rams, Cam's heading back to Carolina. We're talking that and looking at some teams to figure out if they should go for it this year or start looking to the future. What's up, Roto Welcome back to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. I have done some of the speaking parts tonight a little bit differently than I normally do, but you know what? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's all right, Curtis. Uh, It's a Thursday night. We have Baltimore and Miami currently playing in the background. How are you doing? Yeah, it did. It did throw me off, but that's all right, man. Uh, It's been it's been a long week, and I think the fact that you spit the intro out at all was actually a great way uh, to begin the show. So, um, yeah, that's okay, man. It's okay to slice it up uh, a little differently from time to time. Absolutely. All right, let's just get right into two headlines from today. We already touched upon one of these a fair amount earlier in the week, but we now know that Odell Beckham Jr has decided to join the Rams and was already a potent offense. Some quick thoughts from you here, and then I will share mine. I'm pretty sure we talked about the Rams, um, you know, the other day when we were talking about potential landing spots for, for OBJ. And I mean, listen, his personal goal is to land on a team to give himself, you know, a chance, you know, for a ring this year. And if that that was his sole criteria in choosing, you know, I think he chose well. I think the Rams do have a chance to do, you know, some pretty serious damage in the playoffs. It makes a lot more sense to join this squad than a Seattle squad where he was rumored in the same division. I just don't I, I just don't see how he gets past, you know, name brand OBJ into difference making fantasy OBJ in this landing spot. I mean, the, the team has already turned Robert Woods into, you know, an inconsistent asset. So much is being funneled to Cooper Cup. And I don't think at this point in his career that Odell Beckham Jr. is better than Robert Woods. I think at best, he's a similar player at best. Um, so it's hard for me to imagine the team diverting target share from Cooper Cup, who's having a, an historic season, um, to Odell Beckham Jr. So, 
I think we could see them do some things differently with their formations. You know, they could go to more four wide looks. Van Jefferson has been okay um, and getting a lot of run. I mean, he relegated Deshaun Jackson to the free agent trash heap um, this year based off of his play. So I, I guess I'm just not really sure. I, I'm not really sure why the Rams made this move, to be honest. Um, they seem like a team that's performing well, and now they add, you know, a locker room problem. I think it's fair to say that Odell Beckham Jr. has been a locker room problem in two different cities now. Um, I think it was fair to question maybe that New York painted him a certain way. New York media painted him a certain way. You know, he he basically ran himself out of favor in Cleveland as well, which is traditionally a city that wants to rally around its stars. Like Cleveland doesn't have much else but football. So if you're likable at all, um, you know, they will latch on. So yeah, I'm just not sure, man. Like really, I think that the fantasy takeaway here is, you know, it's been since 2019 that he was really, um, you know, uh, uh, any type of fantasy asset. He hasn't been a fantasy wide receiver one in six years. So I, I mean, I mean, on a per game basis, he was a fantasy wide receiver one in 2018, but even that's ancient history at this point. It's four years ago, multiple quarterbacks ago. I don't know, man. I mean, he, he certainly, he wasn't going to do anything in Cleveland. So, uh, I guess you could say maybe there's some reason for some optimism because he clearly wasn't going to turn it around without anything changing, but I just don't really know how this situation actually will be better for him than where he was. Yeah, I, I completely get that point and take it. Um, you're right that this move for OBJ is better purely if he wants to put himself closer to getting a Super Bowl victory or a deep run into the playoffs versus uh, trying to become a major component of a team's offense again. Um, I will say that if I'm a Cooper Cup owner, or manager, I don't think I'm that worried about this. You already see Cooper Cup getting such a high volume that I think anything that gets diverted uh, from him as a result of OBJ being there is probably going to be pretty negligible. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. And, um, you know, there's no way to know exactly how this is going to play out. But as we as we said before, no matter where he landed, the probability seems to be higher that he's not going to have an outsized impact, perhaps Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, they see a little bit of their work go away. But um, yeah, definitely not the move that this would have been had it happened six years ago. So let's move on to Cam Newton returning to his old stomping grounds in Carolina. He's now there with PJ Walker. Well, Sam Darnold <laughs> uh, tries so to rehab. Even say that. He's yeah. there with PJ Walker. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think that there's any fantasy implications of this that we need to discuss? Yeah, I mean, probably. Um, The team seems to be, you know, trying to salvage the season, you know, going back to a familiar face. There's, I think there's still enough um, familiar, even though it's a totally different offense, there's still enough familiarity between some of the key components in the offense with Cam that perhaps they can find some chemistry. Matt Rule, you know, certainly seems to be, you know, the type of, um, and Joe Brady seem to be the type of coaches that, you know, will let players do what they're best at. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think for for DJ Moore, 
managers for Christian McCaffrey managers, you know, we have pretty large sample sizes of what these players did with cam. If he, if he does, you know, get back into the the starters role, um, DJ Moore. uh, I'm trying to find, Oh, whoops. I have this. I'm, I've got our game splits app open and I have it. I have it set to um, Cam Cam Newton as a receiver. Um, hold on a second. That's not going to pull. <laughs> yes. that's not going to pull the sample that I want here. Probably not. <laughs> um, let's let's go here. Let's go. Um, come back to zero for me. This is just great radio. Listening to me go through our apps. Okay, yeah. So um, DJ Moore um, has played a little more than two thirds of his career now with quarterbacks other than Cam Newton. Life comes at you fast. Uh, he played the equivalent of a full season with Cam, 16 games, averaged 11 PPR per game in those games with Cam Newton. Yep. And 30, 39 games without him, uh, averaged 14.66 PPR. Uh, literally the difference between kind of a middling wide receiver four um, and a high-end wide receiver two. Um, so for DJ Moore managers, you know, that isn't a great look uh, per se, but I I also think it's fair um, to suggest, you know, maybe that Moore has elevated his game further as well. And the, the weapons surrounding Moore are slightly better uh, than they would have been, you know, when Cam was last in town. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, more or less I'm on board with what you said. Now, the piece in here that should be interesting is seeing how long they're actually needing to use one of these guys or how long they actually go with whoever they choose, or if there's any flipping back and forth between these guys. Um, so we'll be paying attention to that. I don't know if I have too much uh, else to add. So you know what, Curtis? Okay. It looks well, like you have another I'll, I'll thought. One other, yeah. I'll add one other thing because we've got Christian McCaffrey coming back and, you know, he played a pretty big, uh, pretty big portion of his career with Cam Newton. And, um, he wasn't scoring like he is now um, when he was there with Cam, but it's not necessarily because Cam wasn't thrown on the ball. Um, you know, he was still averaging nearly six receptions a game with Cam under center in Carolina, um, seven and a half targets per game. Um, a lot of the issue was Cam still rushing uh, for touchdowns at that time. Um, he was a Cam Newton was a different player. Yep. Um, in those seasons than he is now. So I'm not too worried about it. I mean, we haven't had like 29 point per game McCaffrey, like all year, any, anyway, because of the injury. Um, But in 32 career games with cam in town, he still averaged almost 20 PPR per game. So, you know, if you were counting on McCaffrey coming back and being a high end RB one, that could still very well be the case. Even if cam ends up being, you know, under center rather than Walker. Yeah, for sure. All right, we are now going to take a look at uh, a couple of dynasty teams, Curtis. I know you love this exercise. We're going to take a look at them and see if we think that these teams should start looking toward the rebuild for the upcoming years or try to go for it and make a push to win this thing. So the first team comes in from a Twitter user, Android70. Appreciate you sending in the question, asking if he should go for it or not. He's in a 12-team full PPR Super flex league with tight end premium scoring. He's three and six, but is the third highest scoring team. Six playoff teams make it. He's the seventh seed, but he's two wins behind. He has Wentz, mm. CMC, Aaron Jones, Devonte Adams, 
Calvin Ridley, who Crowder has filled in his place, uh, Robbie Anderson, T.Y. Hilton, Darren Waller, Chase Claypool, uh, Devontae Williams, and then um, Baker Mayfield and uh, Heineke. So that is the information that we have. Now, if he's third in points, this team's scoring pretty well, remember, that he's the, or well, remember, he's doing doing good in the points despite being three and six. It says he's the seventh seed, but he's two wins behind. Uh, your your initial reaction to that, Curtis? Yeah, I just, I think that you can punt, I think you can punt the decision um, week to week here. Yep. You know, if you fall three, if you fall three games, I mean, if you lose this week and um, the, the, the six seed and five seed, uh, however many teams are just the two wins in front of you and they win and the, and you get three games behind. I mean, you're definitely out. Um, you'd like to see in the next three weeks, you close that gap and pull even you have the points tiebreaker. Um, there's reason for optimism here with Christian McCaffrey coming back, Darren Waller coming back. We've talked several times in the last week and a half about Darren Waller having uh, the potential for just a mega, mega second half of the season. Raiders having, you know, one of the best uh, opposing uh, schedules for fantasy purposes and Waller specifically third uh, most attractive uh, fantasy tight end schedule rest of season. And this is tight end premium. So that's worth even more. Um, you know, you have decent coverage for Ridley. Um, if if you can stream effectively between, you know, Crowder and TY um, and Claypool, uh, I think are your options there really to kind of go around. But with Devonte Adams, Aaron Jones, you've got some elite assets there. Javante Williams continues to get a little bit more of the pie. Uh, Dave and I have, have really waxed about, you know, his <laughs> leading indicator metrics. There's every, every reason to believe that he's going to get a bigger share uh, later in the season as things continue to progress there in Denver. So I would just punt the decision. You do kind of need to have everything go perfectly um, but I do think if everything does go perfectly, including Ridley coming back after the minimum three week, um, three week outage, I mean, it's not a guarantee he's going to miss the rest of the season. He just has to be, you know, on the list for a minimum of three weeks. If he were to come back, I mean, this team could certainly do some damage. So maybe, maybe ask us again, if you win next week, uh, you just, just write every Friday, man, we'll, we'll break down this team until it's time to make a, a final call. <laughs> yeah, um, that's probably a hard offer, offer to pass up there. I would say, too, that the one thing to keep in mind, especially in regard to your your note about the idea that this decision does not have to be made this week, is that you never know, too, when one of these teams that's ahead of you just could have a complete collapse, right? Like, sometimes that happens. Um, so, th- though you're two games back right now, you know, it is possible that things break your way, which is why I kind of like to wait maybe another week or two in a situation like this yeah. and then make the decision. I guess one thing we, we should probably add to this conversation here is let's say that he did decide that this team is not uh, going to make the run, has a bad week next week. Those other two teams come out strong. Mm-hmm. What are the type of moves that uh, this manager should be starting to consider? Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? last forever. The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yep. So if 
you know, if, if Android had already made the decision to move on, he, he wouldn't have written us. He would have just been saying, what do you think about these trades? Yep. And I think the trades that he's naturally thinking about, the one that really sticks out to me is is actually moving um, Devontae Adams. Um, we've talked about you know, Aaron Rodgers potentially moving on from Green Bay next season. Uh, he and Adams could potentially be broken up. Um, I, I think peddling Adams specifically to even maybe the Rodgers manager in your league is is a great um, way to approach that. Um, you have some exciting young pieces. There's not really a reason to sell. I mean, s- selling McCaffrey right now seems like it would be selling low a little bit. Um, Sean and I have a team kind of like this, honestly, Android, where it's really underperforming despite having some just great pieces. We've just run into bad schedule luck and bad injury luck. And McCaffrey is like one of the only players that we haven't really talked about trying to move um, you know, you know, maybe cheaper than, than market price. So Adams is the specific chip there that I'm looking to move. If you do, um, want to punt to 2022, I still think you could get a pair of future first for him, um, with, with how he's producing this season. You also could opt, um, to, to maybe, you know, if there's a team that's in the playoffs struggling at quarterback, Maybe you can move, um, you know, Wentz or Heineke or Baker. You know, all three of your quarterbacks, I would say, are not building block pieces from a super flex perspective. Um, so if there's a team that could use that quarterback production this year and you could, uh, you know, kind of cash that in for draft capital where, you know, there's it's, it's not necessarily a high end elite quarterback class next year, but there's going to be a, a lot of uh, potential first round quarterback talent if you follow Travis May's series. Uh, on our site, you know, he's always breaking down um, that next year's class. And, you know, with, with Matt Coral and, and some of the other exciting quarterbacks, I mean, even into the second round guys like Desmond Ritter with lots of college starting experience, I think it's one of those classes that could end up having some value. So ending up with two or three first round picks and all your exciting position players, you could have you right back in the mix next year. Yeah, this is a pretty strong roster too. So I'm inclined to say that uh, if the decision is made that it's time to move on, you could actually set yourself up pretty nicely here. So like Curtis said, if you want to check back in with us, please feel free to do so. And anybody out there listening, um, these are always fun questions to answer. And though they're related to specific teams, these are the type two that I think are just good for everybody to absorb and take in and, and and think about how they might apply some of these thought processes to their own teams. So another question come in Curtis V email from a gentleman named Mike. Uh, he's had some rough weeks um, with his opponents putting up a lot of points. He's at four and five in eighth place. Mm. There's four teams ahead of him at five and four top four, make the playoffs. So, it, it, you know, that's not very encouraging. The roster, though, actually uh, is, is an interesting one. Um, this is just your standard um, one quarterback league. No super flex. It is tight end premium. Uh, his quarterback, Matt Ryan, running backs. Not a lot of running backs on this team. Um, Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, Khalil Herbert, and Mark Ingram. But the wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Tyree Kill. Chase Claypool, Keenan Allen, Rondell Moore, Diami Brown, LaVisca Chenault, KJ Osborne, Russell Gage, Khalif Raymond. And then on IR, he has DJ Chark and Will Fuller. Also had Gus Edwards on IR. Tight ends, Cole Komet. Um, who else is on here? Adam Troutman. And um, yeah, that would take us through this team. So 
probably not as encouraged about this team as the other one. Yeah, this is one where if you're going to stay in it, you're probably going to have to make some moves. Um, like it's actually more likely that you would get back into the playoffs maybe than um, Android because you're so much closer. Like this, this basically the entire middle of the league is is battling um, yep. for you know that fourth spot. I mean, there's five squads within a game of each other. Uh, anything could happen, but I'm just worried because you know you're only starting eight position players in this 12 team league. So there's only 96 players starting every week and 12 of them are quarterbacks. Um, So then you really get down into 84 position players. And I just, you have some really great elite at the top, like with Jonathan Taylor, AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill. But then we, in in terms of that, the production maybe versus the name value, we just have a precipitous drop off. I mean, you have a, I mean, first off, we're having to start Naheem Hines along with Taylor in this on this squad every week. That's already like you're getting all the points from the backfield, but that's not a great situation. It's a pretty low ceiling situation. Um, and then, you know, without Tyree Kill doing the truly elite stuff, like he's been solid um, and a little more consistent, actually, because the team hasn't been able to complete anything downfield. He's been getting dinked and dunked, but he hasn't been doing like crazy Tyreek 40 point stuff. Um, as often this this year. So it puts more pressure on Keenan Allen and Chase Claypool. Um, and you're getting nothing from the tight end position. So it's one of those things, man, like you, you would almost have to, you would almost have to make this team even thinner um, to have a shot. Uh, I think if I was going to make a move on a squad like this, I would be looking to a team who none of the teams that are five and four are going to trade with you. Uh, everyone's going to think that they're in probably. Yep. So you're going to have to look at teams nine through 12. And if there's a squad there, that's just truly barren of talent, or maybe somebody who typically likes veterans, I think I would almost look at Keenan Allen pairing him with your Diami Brown or your Rondell Moore or your LaVisca Chenault. Um, and then trying to get another elite piece because you just don't have enough depth to circle or to cycle through here. So you almost got to go get something else elite and then hope that you thread the needle. If you want to make a run at it, I don't mind moving on from Keenan Allen in a deal like that because, um, you know, he is aging, you know, we've seen the team, we've seen Herbert, uh, be willing to, to give Mike Williams an awful lot earlier in the year, you know, Eckler's there. Um, you know, I, I think that the team's going to invest in wide receiver in the upcoming draft in 2022. So moving on from Allen and, you know, Chenault, um, you might be able to get a Debo Samuel or somebody like that who's maybe perceived to be outperforming, you know, his his potential as thought, you know, before the season. Um, that's like the range of of player maybe that you could get into. If you wanted to just chase points, then instead you're moving probably Claypool along with one of those receivers. Um, you know, for somebody instead, but that might be worse for your dynasty um, outlook in the long run. Um, so this one's kind of tricky. And then even if we do that, man, you're almost like crossing your fingers for an Alvin Kamara injury here because Mark Ingram on the bench is really your only hope. Khalil Herbert is not, you know, he's not going to be relevant moving forward the rest of the season with David Montgomery coming back. I don't know. It feels like an awful lot needs to be done to actually have a shot to win it. I think we can get this team to the playoffs fairly easy, Dave, but I just don't think we can get it, you know, all the way to the top. Like, I feel like Android squad has so much of that elite talent has a better title shot, even though it's, you know, maybe a a harder, a harder road to the playoffs. 
Yeah, to me, this feels like a team that you probably could have been pretty excited about heading into the season, thinking there yeah. was potential if things broke certain ways. Uh, that didn't seem to happen. And like you said, this is one of those rosters that you look down and there's a lot of names, but a lot of these names right now aren't living up to what these names could be. As a result yeah. of that, if I'm looking at this list, I mean, you probably this team really needs to do something to bolster its running back situation because you're also a Naheem Hines injury away from a lot of trouble. And then, of course, if Jonathan mm. Taylor were to get injured, you're completely out of it. So I'm not sure that you can get the depth that you would need at running back in conjunction trying to make enough of an upgrade at wide receiver to really get this team to compete. So, I mean, I, I think that though there's all those teams in that, that middle um, concentration here, you might be better served to try to look ahead to the future, maybe be one of the, the first teams to start approaching owner, uh, other managers trying yeah. to make a move versus waiting till some of the other teams decide that they're, that they're out. You know, there's also only so many draft picks too to go around. Um, yeah. So it doesn't hurt to try to be the first team to procure some of those. Yeah. I think in a non super flex league, um, you know, I still think you, you might be able to, for the, to the right squad, you might be able to get a, a first and a third for your Keenan Allen and a second or something like that. Uh, you might be able to get a, you might be able to get a future first um, here and, and also increase your chances of um, tanking a little bit uh, to, to not improve uh, your position in the standing. So if you, if you want to yeah. sell off with the idea of not competing, I mean, I think I can, I think I can sign off because you're still going to have that that nasty core of Jonathan Taylor, AJ Brown, and Tyreek Hill heading into next year, and that's a heck of a way to start. But you just need too much other stuff um, from yeah. this roster. There, you, I feel like you're you're two really solid players away from feeling like you know going into next year that you've got a legitimate shot. So I think there's some merit to that, Dave. But he could also. I, I think this is a squad where you could maybe just wait one or two weeks and see. What happens if you win the next two games and Tyree kill and the chiefs really figure it out all of a sudden, um, you know, maybe you would want to get more aggressive, even using your own draft picks um, to, to take this team a different direction. So, um, you know, it ne never hurts to wait a week and get more information if you're not sure yet. Yeah, perfectly fair. So uh, always fun to look at teams like that. Like we said, Definitely continue to send in things like this. We'd love to be able to incorporate more questions in on some of these shows on Friday, or if there's any topics out there that you feel like make a good thing for us to pay a little bit of attention to, please shoot those our way. Curtis, it's a Friday. What do you have for these people? How do we send them off into the weekend? Oh man. You know, I, I think, um, I think I don't really have anything. Uh, I, I really don't. I, I, I've been so, um, I've been so beaten down, um, during the day, uh, this week I'm, I'm like running on fumes. So I'll, I'll just go back, you know, to the well, you know, when, whenever I'm feeling like that, I look down, um, at my wrist, uh, at the, the wristband that, um, everyone in my family wears. Um, I had these made up, uh, for my son, and we all wear them and it just says stay positive on one side and you flip it to the other side and it says work hard. 
Um, and I, I've been working hard. I've been doing plenty of that. Uh, it's, it's stay positive time. And so, you know, we preach a little bit of, uh, stay positive on these squads here. Um, trying to look at the bright side, um, mixing that in with a little bit of reality. Um, but the stay positive for me would be, you know, there's a lot of time left in this season. So as an NFL fan, your team could climb back into it as a dynasty manager, um, players like Rondell Moore, LaVisca Chenault there, Mike, um, there's still time for them to get it right. And, you know, if there's something else going on in your life, you know, I think when we look for positive things, we tend to notice them. And when we look for problems, we tend to notice those things. Um, so just in general, if it's not football, you know, that you're thinking about as you're listening to this, maybe you're driving into your job, um, or maybe you're, you're driving home and, and thinking about a tough situation you've got to deal with this weekend, just stay positive. It's like more than half the battle. Wow. What a way to tie it all together and bring it back. I love it. And uh, after we sign off on this, Curtis, I will be doing a ton of work. So I'm going to try to stay positive <laughs> as that I goes send you on. some bracelets, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks for checking uh, in with us this week, everybody. And we will see you again come Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.